Romans chapter 14. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just begin reading the first few verses here, and then I'll let you sit down. And we'll just take a look at each verse in particular and see what it would have to say to us this morning. I love the book of Romans. It is tremendous today. The Bible says in verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word today. We ask you, dear Lord Jesus, just to give us understanding, give us direction today for our lives. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, God, help me to bring your word. And I pray it in the name of the Lord. And you may be seated. <clears throat> Romans chapter 14 deals with how that we relate with each other as a body. It has to do with uh, non-moral question things. The Bible talks about there are things that are clearly right and wrong in the Scripture. And the things that are clearly right and wrong in the Scripture, we are to do them and not do them. It's biblical standards. But there are some things that there's, if you do them, you wouldn't be wrong in doing them. It might be a question of your conscience if you did them, though. You with me so far? So he's talking about how do we relate with each other concerning differences of opinion about certain things that are non-moral that they don't have a biblical uh, commandment to them there's not a biblical principle that you would violate if you practice them but you happen to have a certain conviction about something uh, and and what you have a conviction about doesn't mean that the other person has a conviction about so how are you supposed to deal with that now this is very unusual because when you speak, this, if preach this chapter or teach from this chapter, you know if you're with, you've got two groups of people here. You've got the strong who believe that they can do things uh, and, and it won't violate their conscience and it won't violate the Word of God and they can do those things and we're going to talk about particularly what they are. 
And then you have the weak brother over here who's, who looks at this person that's the strong brother. And he says, I don't believe that I, we should do that type of thing. And so the Bible says that he condemns the strong brother for doing this. And the strong brother's standing over here in the church. And he's looking at the weak brother and he's saying... You're just weak. You're weak. You don't understand what God has done for you. And so you think that you have to live a certain or, or abstain from a certain thing that God hasn't forbid you to, uh, uh, to uh, partake of. And so therefore, you're a weak person. So the strong brother throws up his nose and says, I've got freedom to do it. And he throws it up in the face of the weak brother. The weak brother over here stands here, and he looks at the strong brother, and he condemns that brother, and he even looks at him to, uh, at the things that he does, and he says, if he does those kind of things, he, he possibly isn't even a Christian. Do you understand me here? We're not talking about biblical commandments, and we're not talking about biblical principles. We're talking about non-moral question things. Y'all with me so far? So whenever you, you bring a message like this, there's going to be the strong people in the church, and they're going to look down on the weaker person. And the strong person is going to say, I, in their mind, they're going to say, I told you so. You with me? The weaker brother is going to look at the strong brother, and he's going to say, I just don't see how he could do that and be right with God. So this is going to help you. Well, what does the Bible say concerning question, non-moral question things in your life? It says, receive ye one another. Receive you one another. Everybody has a difference of opinion about certain things. Now look at what the Bible says. Y'all look at me like I've already lost you. But I haven't. Y'all just hang in here, okay? I'll clarify it when we, as I need to. But look, it says, Him that is weak in the faith. So you've got a weak brother. And then it says, Receive ye. Receive the weak brother. Okay, but not to doubtful disputation. That means when you invite him into your presence, don't invite the weak brother into your presence to make a contest out of, out of a situation that you believe that's okay, but he doesn't feel comfortable with. And don't make a debate out of it and try to debate him over that issue and try to win him over into your understanding of things receive him as a brother or a sister in the Lord and leave it at that okay with me Re let's all say it together receive ye one another receive ye one another okay he says for one believeth that he may eat all things another who is weak eateth herbs so basically, the, let me first of all deal with the problem in this early church, and then we'll come and apply it to our present situation. In the early church in Rome, you had difference of opinion on things. You had Jewish people with Gentile people. Two different groups of people, amen? They were in the church of the living God, right? Well, there was something that took place. It says here in this verse, it says, For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Praise the Lord. So what would happen in, in these days was there was a pagan religion that was in the city. And what the priests of the pagan religions would do is they would go down to the marketplace and they would buy the prime cut of meat. 
I mean the best meat you could buy from the marketplace. Okay? I don't know what, it, what you like, but say it was a T-bone steak or a ribeye or something like that. But it was the best cut of meat. It was the tenderest piece of meat that you could buy. And they paid all kinds of money for it. They took that meat down to that pagan temple and they offered it to their false gods. Okay? When, and this was real early in the morning. Let's say they started out at 5 o'clock during this process. Went down to the marketplace early, bought the food, bought the meat, brought it back. They started their service up around 6 o'clock. Well, by 8 o'clock, they were finished with their service. So what are you going to do with that meat that, that you have just offered to your false gods? Are you going to take it out and throw it in the trash? No, what they would do is they would take that meat and they would take it to a place in the marketplace called the shambles. And there they just gave, they gave the meat back to the marketplace and the marketplace was able to sell that prime cut of meat for half price. Because those pagan priests looked at it like this piece of meat had been already eaten on by the gods. You with me so far? So if you went to the market, let's say you were a church in uh, a Christian and Bible Center Fellowship, and we had such a thing today. And so for lunch, you went down to the marketplace, Walmart, and they had a place where meat was, you could buy meat for half price, but that meat had been offered to idols early that morning. You with me so far? Well, the strong brother would walk in there in Walmart, and he'd get that prime meat off of that shelf there. He'd take it home. He'd cook it. He got it for half price, and it's the best meat. He'd sit down with his family. He'd eat it. No problem. His, con his conscience wasn't violated. It didn't trouble him eating that meat. In fact, you know, he probably didn't even ask any questions about it, but he knew where it came from. You with me so far? But he sat down, he ate it with his family, he gave thanks to God for it, and said, thank you, Lord, for this meat. Amen. So he was a strong brother. But what if the, uh, uh, another brother in the church saw that brother going into the marketplace, to the shambles, and picking up that meat that had been offered to idols, and that weak brother used to be an idol worshiper. But now he's in the church of the living God. He's a born-again believer. And he sees a Christian brother go and get meat that had been offered to idols that he once served. And to him, that was impossible. He would never even think about going and getting some meat that had been offered to idols and sitting down with his family and eating that. It was a question of violating his conscience. And he felt that if he did that, then he would be condemned before God. You with me? So the weak brother couldn't do that. But the strong brother could. So they'd go to church, and let's say they had a potluck dinner. And the strong brother, he'd bring his meat that he bought at the shambles, lay it on the, on the table there, right? You got to be careful, right? Strong brother, no problem. It's just a piece of meat. Amen? So he could sit down and eat it just like with everybody else. But the weak brother comes in, he sees that prime cut of meat on the table, and you know, he, he's going to look at that, and he's going to say, he's going to go to the other brother and say, where did you get that? Did you get that from, from the place that, in the market, that, the shambles, where they got these from the place they uh, offered it to idols? And so that weak brother, he wouldn't feel comfortable in partaking of that meat. You with me so far? The strong brother was standing over there saying, what's wrong with you? It's just a piece of meat. Thank God for it and forget about it. 
It does, it's not full of demons. It don't have a devil in it. Come on. Some people today think a devil is in everything. A devil's not in everything. But the weak brother thinks the devil's in it. The strong brother says the devil's not in it. Just give God thanks for it and eat it. So there was a problem here. The strong brother looked down upon the weak brother for his weakness. He was weak because he didn't understand. You with me so far? And the weak brother would look at the strong brother and say, Oh, how can he eat that meat that was offered to idols and be in fellowship with God at the same time? So we had this constant problem in the early church. Amen. But the Lord says, receive you one another concerning non-moral issues. Things that don't violate a principle or a commandment in the Word of God, you have a right to your own convictions. I have a right to my own convictions. But I must preach the standards of the Word of God without mixing my personal convictions into it. Because I've got personal convictions that the Bible doesn't address. You with me? As a commandment. You may have a conviction about something, praise the Lord, that I don't have a conviction on. So don't try to come to me and say, come over here, brother, I want to debate you about this issue. Hallelujah. Because you feel like it's okay to do it, but I don't feel like it's okay to do it. Well, you're the weaker person, and I may be the strong person. Or maybe I'm the weak person and, and says, I don't think I can do that. It'll violate my conscience if I do that then I'm the weak person and I try to go to the strong person and I try to condemn them and say hey you're doing this and that's wrong but it's not violating anything in the word of God y'all still looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about just hang in there say the Jews are in the church along with the Gentiles Gentiles have no problem with eating lobster and shrimp and ham it won't violate them. They won't become less spiritual in the eyes of God if they eat the shrimp or the ham or the lobster. But the Jew stands over there and watches the Gentile go over there and pick out some shrimp and eats it and some lobster and some other strange stuff Brother Otto eats. And they just can't believe that anybody would eat that. I mean, it's going to affect their walk with God. They might even be lost over eating shrimp or lobster. You with me so far? They're going to only eat that which is kosher, you know. And they see a Gentile eating something like that. Oh, that's whew, serious stuff. Amen. And the Gentile gets his shrimp, puts it on the plate, and eats it, and thanks God for it. Boom. No problem, you know. And he, he looks at the Jew, and he says, come on, what's wrong with you? Why don't you come in here and eat? That's good. Try it. You see? So they'd have church dinner, and they'd have all kinds of differences of opinion about things, and they'd have problems. Come on, church. The Jewish person who's been brought up with a good, godly Jewish mama, been trained at all, oh, that's bad, and now you're in the church, and God doesn't condemn it. Now, not to tell you today that eating ham and eating shrimp and lobster is good for your body. It's, it's not. But so far as it affecting your spiritual walk with God, it has nothing to do with it. Amen. But the Jewish person who's been raised that way all of his life, he wouldn't eat that. And when he wouldn't eat it, he wouldn't eat it unto God. He said, God, I'm not going to eat this because I don't think it's right. So 
then he did it unto God. Amen? That means, okay, he did it for God. He did it to please, he, you know, he did it because he wanted to be right with God. Amen? In his heart. Y'all with me so far? He did it unto God. He didn't eat unto God, but then the other Gentile walks in and he eats that stuff and he gives thanks to God. So he eats unto God and he gives thanks to God for it. So God, who is God going to reject the one who didn't eat or reject the one who did? No, he receives both of them. Because the one who didn't eat did it unto God. And the one who did eat did it unto God. So they did it because they want to walk with God. Are you with me so far? And they knew it didn't, it, it's not a matter of, of earning their salvation. It had nothing to do with their salvation. They're already saved. But as far as their walk with God is concerned, some of them would not do some things and some would do other things. And they kind of, you know, looked down on each other for those things. You with me so far? Next thing is the days. The day. A Jewish person in the church would say, Saturday's the day. You, got, you must worship the Lord, honor the Sabbath day, and keep it holy. That's Saturday. You with me so far? That to them was the day. In fact, if you didn't worship on the Sabbath day, you were committing a, a grave sin. It was like taking the mark of the beast. Hear me, I know. I've read information from Jewish synagogues, and they say if you don't worship on the Sabbath day and worship on Sunday, you're taking the mark of the beast secretly. You with me? It was something pretty rough for them. So they would, or they would get together and they would say in the church, and the Jews would say, we need to meet on Saturday. And the Gentiles who wanted to, wanted to God came to the church. They would sit down and, and worship on Sunday because that was the first day of the week. That's when the resurrection took place. That's uh, 1 Corinthians talks about the first day of the week. Bring your offerings unto God, you know. So the first day of the week is the day that they observed. Now listen. I know about these teachers that, that try to explain that they didn't worship on Sunday. That's all fine and good. But I, I'm showing you the point here. The point is this. Is that one person said it must be Saturday. And the other person said, no, it must be Sunday. And the Bible says it doesn't make any difference if it's Saturday or it's Sunday. Come on, church. Now, that just blew you away, I know. But look at what the Lord says, verse 5. One esteemeth one day above another. Another esteem every day alike. Here's what he says. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. It doesn't matter if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every day is the same day in the eyes of God. Because now, according to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, we have the rest of God in us. You with me so far? The day's not the important thing. So far as the day is concerned. Y'all with me so far? Now, when we get together and we decide we're going to meet on Sunday, is Sunday any better than Monday? Is Sunday any better than Saturday? Of course not. But we happen to meet here on the first day of the week because that's the way the early church, I believe, met until I, you know, get information otherwise. But the point is, it doesn't matter the day. 
But the Bible, doesn't the Bible say, honor, you know, keep the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy? It's one of the commandments of the Lord. Isn't that one of the commandments? The Sabbath day, Saturday, you've already broke the commandment if you're still under that commandment. Do you understand what I'm saying? The ceremonial law, the days and the festivals. How many of y'all have ever celebrated the Feast of Passover and gone through all the steps of the Feast of Passover? Or the Day of Atonement? No, you don't. It's, it's good to, practice, to maybe go through it to learn about the Lord. But nobody in this church that I know uh, observes the Passover like the Jewish people did. Come on, you with me so far? That was ceremonial law. It was pictures and typology of things to come. If you do them, fine. You can learn about the Lord. But it's not going to affect your relationship with God. Y'all with me so far? The day is not the important thing. Now listen. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, so much more as you see that day approaching. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, we have to assemble ourselves. When we call an assembly, a meeting, it's important for us to be there. Not because it's a day. The day has nothing to do with it. Come on. It, the fact that what's important is that you come here to get fed spiritually. You fellowship one with another. You get strength. You hear the word of the Lord for your life. And you walk in it. It doesn't matter if we do this on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. They're all the same in the eyes of the Lord. Come on. We happen to pick Wednesday in the middle of the week to have a service. Some pick Thursday. But the day doesn't make any difference. It's what you do in the day that's important. Hallelujah. You know, the weak brother in the church would say, my, they're going to a store on Sunday. They're going to go to the mall on Sunday. You with me? I don't know if this is even getting... Y'all getting a hold of this? The strong brother says, I don't see a problem with that. I'm just going to the store, you know, and I'm, I'm serving God in everything I do. When I go to the store, I'm living... Christ is my life. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Come on. Strong brother doesn't have a problem with going to the store on Sunday. But the weak, now listen, the weak brother says, I can't believe that they would go uh, to the store on Sunday. We just don't do that in our house. Well, that's good. So you see the strong brother says, I, you know, you're just, you don't know what you're talking about. It's okay to go. And the weak brother says, I can't believe that you would do that. That's the holy day unto God. Come on, church. Now, if you determine in your mind that you're not going to, to the store on Sunday because you want that to be holy unto the Lord, God bless you. Praise the Lord. That's good. That's good. That's good. But don't condemn the other person who goes to the store and say they're less spiritual than I am. Come on. Amen. That's basically what this is talking about now. He says like this, let everybody, you've got to be fully persuaded in your own heart. Because what you do, if you violate your own conscience, you, you can walk in condemnation and guilt, and it will affect your spiritual life. 
If your conscience is clear on that, go ahead and do it. Do it unto the Lord. Go to, go to the store unto the Lord. If you stay home, stay home unto the Lord. And God's going to bless both of you. Amen. You with me so far? See, when you're a child of God, the Bible, one man, it says one man sees every day alike. If you're a child of God, every day is holy unto God. Amen. But we just happen to have a certain days. And if you work on Sunday, God's not going to strike you down and send you to hell. But the, you listen to me. It's, that's, the day is not important. Hallelujah. But if you work when we meet, then you're going to miss a blessing. You're going to miss direction for your life. You're going to miss the strength that you need. It has nothing to do with the day. It has what you, what, what, what's important is what you miss by not being there. Because the Lord is speaking to His people every time we meet. Somehow, someway, through that word, somehow, He has a message for you. And if you miss it, you're going to miss it. But it's not because you're looking at a particular day. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, I'll go to church on Sunday because that's holy unto the Lord, but I ain't going to worry about any other day. Well, you with me so far? Why do we come to church? Is it because everybody does it? We come so that we can grow strong in the Lord and hear His Word. If I do it on Monday, that's fine. The early church happened to practice on Sunday, so we do. No problem, amen? You with me? See, the Jew says Saturday, and the Gentiles say Sunday, and it doesn't make any difference. I know some of y'all are thinking, man, this guy's way out in left field. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to understand principles here. Amen? Hallelujah. Give you a personal testimony. When we were out in the mountains, there wasn't no church anywhere on Sunday. So, you know what we did? We gathered together. We had a little service there. Amen. The power of God fell. He fell in the mountains. Just as powerfully as He falls right here. And when I got through preaching, I want to tell you, some people that were there felt the anointing begin to weep under the power of God. It doesn't matter the building. It doesn't matter the day. God, if you meet on Monday and preach, God's going to move. Come on. Oh, but listen to me. So some people in the church, oh, man, they're in the mountains right now. They're not going to church. My goodness, we oh, they're going to go to hell. Come on, man. You with me? Boat on Sunday, fish on Sunday. Never do that. Amen. And the strong brother, he gets his rod and reel out, goes fishing. No problem. And he's thanking God the whole time. Thank you, Lord, that I can rest. Thank you, Lord, that I can fish. Thank you, Lord, for this day. It's wonderful. I feel peace here. I see your great creation. And he gives God thanks for the day. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all understand where I'm going here. So the strong brother has no problem. But the weak brother says, oh, my, my, my. You know, I started to wear blue jeans and just an old shirt today. Not wear a suit or nothing. But if I did that, there'd be some say, you see him, he didn't wear a suit to church, you know, and he's preaching. And he didn't wear a tie. 
Oh, ma, that's sacrilege. That's terrible. You with me? But my suit don't make me a better preacher. It don't make me more spiritual unto God if I wear a suit. When I first started preaching, I went to a, uh, they have these gatherings, you know, where everybody gets a shot at preaching. They call them battleship meetings. None, no, none of the saints go, just preachers, because, you know, when you get preachers start preaching, man, they just, they blow everything apart, you know. And they might, so they don't let no, no, no saints go, but they just have preachers go. And they have these fellowship meetings, and they stand up, and they just preach and everything, you know. Well, some of those preachers that went, they had suits on, man. They'd get up, and they'd preach. Well, I got up to preach. I just had blue jeans on. Man, the power of God fell on me. And I felt God speak to me, say, to, now, you know, I don't know why. But anyway, I said, I looked at these guys, these younger guys with suits on. I said, you know what? Suits don't make you a preacher. It's the anointing that makes you a preacher. It's the call of God. It's the Word of God that makes you a preacher. It, it's not the shoes you wear, the tie you wear, or the suit you wear. But some people can't preach unless they got a suit on. Amen? So, hallelujah. But I decided to go ahead and wear a suit and be traditional. Amen? This is what I'm talking about. Non-moral question things. The scripture continues. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. Amen. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. So whatever they did, they did it unto God. So receive the person who's the weaker brother and the stronger brother needs to understand that God is accepting him and the weaker brother needs to understand that God has accepted the stronger brother you with me so far? that's not the end of the story hallelujah for none of us liveth to himself no man die to himself for whether we live we live unto the Lord whether we die we die unto the Lord whether we live therefore or die we are the Lord's so let me bring it to our day right now Come to the house of God, right? There are biblical standards about the way that we live, the way that we talk, the way that we dress. Are you with me so far? A biblical standard cannot be violated. It's in the Word. And some would say, but I don't have a conviction on that. Listen to me. If it's in the Bible, you don't need a conviction about that. Hallelujah. If it's in the Word, it's in the Word. It's a biblical command or it's a principle that we must follow. Come on, church. But the non-moral issues would be like, for example, doctors. One saint in the church said, I'll never go to a doctor. I'm going to trust in God to be my healer. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. You with me? We don't believe in doctors. God is our physician says the weaker brother but the stronger brother or sister says well I believe that I can go to a doctor and trust God to use the doctor and heal me at the same time blessed be the name of the Lord but the weak brothers you take medicine oh you're not trusting God strong brother says yes I'm trusting God but I'm taking medication because I believe God can use that 
Come on. Now, that might be not by, it be an issue right now in this church, but it has been an issue in other churches by other people. If you take medicine, you do. Oh, your faith is not strong. Amen? What do I do? I don't go to doctors most of the time. Because I just don't like to go to doctors. I like to pray. I like to take my vitamins. Amen. I like to suffer through it. It has nothing to do with my spirituality and how spiritual I am. I just don't like doctors. Come on. If I go to a doctor, I'm going to have to go. Amen. But if I, if, if I don't go, I'm not more spiritual than if I went. Come on, church. Another thing, no moral issue is uh, styles of music. I sat down one time with a group of ministers. And we had just had a youth rally. And in that youth rally, the music got a little bit peppy. <laughs> they had their electric guitars out, man. They was beating on their drums. And it was, you know, a little rocky. Not rocky. I don't want to, let's go contemporary. Let's use that word. Contemporary. Well, after that youth rally, I sat down with those ministers, and that became an issue at that meeting. Well, I don't believe that we should play that kind of music in the house of the Lord. And another brother was saying, I don't see a problem. They did it unto God, and they did it to glorify God. What's the problem? Ah, that's just, that's devil music. Even though it had Jesus in it, and they were singing about Jesus, devil music. You with me? But the weaker brother says, oh, I don't think we can go that road. And, and the, the stronger brother says, I don't have a problem with the style of the music as long as it glorifies God. There's a big division over that. So what do you do about that? You don't try to change the weaker brother's mind. The weaker brother shouldn't try to change the stronger brother's mind. Look down on each other. Receive each other and say, I bless your conviction. I appreciate that conviction you've got. You with me? See, I'm a younger person. So I like it a little faster. Amen? When I started living for God, I, I liked it heavy. I didn't want the heavy world stuff because that is a violation of the moral command of God. Okay? You see, you can use the heavy stuff for the wrong thing and then it becomes wrong. But when I was in the world, I liked the heavy stuff. But now that I'm a child of God, I see, hey, I don't like them singing about drugs, sex, and rock and roll and glorifying all of that mess that doesn't glorify God and giving altar calls unto Satan and, and singing this planet's on fire, Satan's desire. I didn't like none of that because that was immoral. But I still like that style of music. So I called a friend of mine up at the radio station. He said, come down here and I'll show you some music. I went down there and he showed me some David and the Giants. And they're a spirit-filled Jesus name uh, band. And, I, and he, so he said, let me show this to you. Oh, it was, it was good. I love amazing grace. How sweet the sound. You with me? I love that too. But I like the faster stuff too. And I want you to know they've got some good Christian fast stuff. So when I was young, about 19, 20 years old at that time, we would go around, and we, we weren't married at that time, so we would drive our cars around, and we had real high-power stereos in our cars, and we'd push Daniel Band, and we'd push David and the Giants in, and we'd push Resurrection Band in there, and we'd crank it up about 200 watts, and we'd drive down the highway, and they were singing Jesus loud. 
We'd sit in front of the church. We'd turn that 100 watt or 200 watt stereo up. That rock and roll, not contemporary. Contemporary Jesus music was going. Some of them old saints would walk out of the church and they would go. But we were on fire for Jesus and we wanted to listen to something that would move us. Come on. But if you don't like the heavy stuff, bless you. But that's a style of music. Now listen, it's okay if you've got a preference for a certain style of music. But the problem is when you make it a conviction and you say this style of music is wrong, it's a conviction that I have. And you try to make everybody listen to the slow stuff when you like the fast stuff. That's when it's wrong. Receive you one another. Amen? Maybe you like it slow. Maybe you like it country. Amen? The style doesn't make any difference. Maybe you like it fast. You like it loud. Style doesn't make any difference. It's what's in it. What's in it and who and what kind of lifestyle is the person that's singing it is what makes the difference. I've seen some of the fast stuff so-called Jesus fast stuff that was sung by men and women that didn't know God and they, all they did was substitute words and they had no walk with God. So they were just entertainers. You with me? Do you understand what I'm going, what we have to understand in this? Do you, are you with me today? Praise God. Days we observe a day. We come on Sunday, but we, it's not a law thing. Hebrews 10.25, we meet for the, to hear the word, to be preached to, to have the anointing of God, be able to worship God, to respect the day unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. But the day's not going to make the difference. It's what you do in the day. Say praise the Lord. Another issue that rises in the church is holidays. One man esteemeth one day, you know, the same. Another looks at it differently. For example, holidays. Some people say, no, Christmas, and no, Easter. I don't believe that. That's all pagan and everything to do with it. That's pagan. Y'all with me today? Okay. There's some who believe they've got real strong biblical condemnation against the holiday called Christmas. I don't know about it. Are you with me? I've studied the Bible much, and I haven't found it. But some claim that it's there. Amen. You with me so far? They condemn the Christmas tree because the Christmas tree is supposed to, you know, you, they, they used that to, it was like an idol that they would worship. But listen to me. It's one thing to cut a tree down and make it into an idol and bow down to it and worship it. And it's another thing just to have an innocent tree in your house and put decorations on it, and you're not bowing down to worship it says the strong brother but the weak brother says oh my you got a tree in your house with, with lights too oh my never never presents yeah giving them to the tree never do that you see that's where the weaker brother comes in now listen to me if you've got a conviction about that praise the Lord come on 
I do believe that some aspects of Christmas have gone way away from. Okay? It's become too materialistic and everything else. Praise the Lord. But you have to be fully persuaded in your own mind concerning those things. And if you don't want to observe those certain things, then don't do it. Praise the Lord. Amen? Easter, same way. Now listen, though. Halloween's altogether different because it is a holiday that promotes evil. It promotes evil. So what do you do? Well, just put something in the place of it. An alternative, praise God. Because it's not the devil's day, it's God's day. And if I want to get together that day and hand out candy or whatever, God's not going to condemn me for that. It's a day of the Lord as far as I'm concerned. It's not a devil's day. And I can meet and I can pray against the activity of those days that's taking place that honors the devil. Are you with me? And I have strong convictions about certain things that have to do with Halloween because they promote evil. And listen to me. All right, y'all with me today? This is amazing. It just happened to me this just yesterday, in fact. Somebody cut a pumpkin out and put a light in the pumpkin and put it in front of my house, sitting there waiting for me when I got home. Well, I don't like that because I know what that means. I know what that represents. Amen? It's a satanic symbol. I know what it means. It means that a man sold his soul to the devil and he tricked the devil out of giving his soul to the devil at the end of that time frame and he took a coal from hell and put it in the candle and he walked throughout eternity with a candle inside of a turnip and it wasn't even a pumpkin. But it has to do with a man who sold his soul to the devil and I know what all that means. I know what trick or treat means. So I don't, it, it is a promotion of something. When you dress up like a devil, you know what? That's evil. Come on. So it's promoting evil. So I don't want to be a part of that. The Bible says you can't partake of the table of the Lord and the table of devils at the same time. In Corinthians. Come on, church. But anyway, I got home. I saw that thing sitting up there. Woo. I didn't like that. I unplugged that thing. said, thank you kindly. I don't need it. Well, there's some friction over that. Your family, your friends will cause you friction. Your job people will cause you friction because you can observe that holiday. Get ready. It'll get so heavy, it'll be like persecution. Are you with me? And they're not going to understand why you don't do certain things. You with me so far? But you have to stand up for your convictions. But if it's not promoting evil, it's not violating the biblical principle or commandment in the Word of God, there is freedom, there is liberty in those holidays. Listen to me. Thanksgiving is even rooted in paganism. Every holiday is rooted, somehow has some type of paganness. Every day of the week has a paganness to it. Saturday, they worship the, you know, these gods, Saturn and all that. They worship the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets. Saturday comes from a, a pagan deity's name. Come on. So I get up, I write Wednesday down. I'm not worshiping the God for that day. Praise the Lord. So when it comes to those kinds of things, you have to be fully persuaded in your own mind. 
If you don't observe them, you don't observe them unto God, bless you. If you do observe them, just don't get into the moral uh, violations of the Word of God and doing something evil, then bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You got me? Okay. You got it, Sister Jean? Okay. Amen. If you come to church on December and you see bells hanging there, don't get mad. <laughs> Amen. They're having a, a hallelujah not on Halloween. I will never go to that because, you know, that, that's taking place the same night at Halloween. Yes. Do you not know the difference? What about recreational activities? Recreational activities. For example, pool. Oh, the weak brother stands back and says, pool? You play pool? Ooh. I used to go to the bars and play pool. I don't have nothing to do with pool. That's bad. It's evil. Amen? Well, maybe for that weaker brother it is evil because if he picks up a pool stick and he starts playing pool... On these non-moral question things it means no because it's for your good if you don't do them because if you do them even though they weren't they're not wrong in and of themselves they could cause you to fall even the fast music that they sing about Jesus if it causes you desire to listen to the worldly music and you go and get the worldly music then Jesus might tell you no I don't want you to listen to that kind of music because it'll cause you to be tempted to go to the world are you with me here everything you have to be led by the Holy Ghost so the strong brother picks up a pull stick, plays pull, no problem. It's just a game. The weak brother associates it with a bar and can't do it. <sighs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Recreational things. Football. Football. Are y'all with me today? Sports. Sports. To stand up and say you can't play sports, you can't play football, you can't play basketball, you can't play baseball. You know what that is? That is a personal conviction that's being preached to the people. You can't find it in the Word of God. God's Word doesn't condemn sports. With me? Hallelujah. But maybe I've got a conviction against this, so I won't participate. But that doesn't mean that the person who does is weaker in the faith. Y'all with me tonight? Oh my, you went to a football game on Friday. Oh, you're close to hell. Come on. Well, you know what? If you went to a football game and it violated your conscience and God told you not to go, then you would be in trouble. But if God didn't convict you over that non-moral issue, then it's not wrong. Amen? Okay, I think y'all understand, don't you? <laughs> yes, they did. And Paul, he attended them. He, he wrote about these games and all of that. He went. We, oh, you know what? Some of y'all are sitting there right now. You're saying, I can't believe that he allows for that. Well, that's fine and good. I respect that. Amen? 
No, yeah, no, I don't believe that. Most of y'all. But I, I know what is, you know, if you, it depends on the background that you come from. If you come from a background that they preach like that, then you're going to feel like you're going to hell if you do it. Even though it might not be wrong. Praise the Lord. Is anybody here? I know we got a big church here, but you can say amen every once in a while, even though if you don't agree with me. Amen. Oh, he's liberal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm liberal. You haven't come sit in my church. I preach where the word preaches. I preach it. But when I don't. I do not force non-moral issue things on people. They have liberty in that. If you come to me and you ask me about a non-moral situation, you know what I'm going to say? You decide for yourself what's best for you and God. I'm not going to give you an answer. I'm not going to tell you. You have to decide for yourself. Amen? So, clothing styles. The Bible gives us specific standards for men and women, how they're supposed to dress, dress not cross-dress, women with men's clothes, men with women's clothes. Amen. That's a standard that I cannot violate. But when it comes to styles, I'm not going to put your, my conviction on you. Amen. If you like color, God bless you. Wear color. If you think, oh, I think in the house of God it must be white and only white. <laughs> You think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I went to a camp meeting one time. And, and uh, listen to me. Don't take this as a slant against any, anybody or any denomination. Because that's not the reason I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you to give you a point. Hallelujah. Went to a camp meeting. I wanted my license. wanted to get my license to be a minister. My first license, I forget what they call it. Local license. You know? And the board is intimidating anyway. You got to go stand in front of a board, right? And they're going to examine you and question you and all that before they say yes to a license to, you know, a license in a particular denomination. Amen. So I was already scared half to death, intimidated by these board members. They scared me. Well, they do everybody. Amen. You with me? You, do you understand where I'm coming from? They scare you because you don't know what to expect when you get in there. You don't know what they're going to ask you. They might say, no, you're not getting your license. And that scared me. So anyway, get, get to the point here. I sat down the day I was supposed to go meet the board. I had a green shirt underneath my sport coat. Green shirt, color tie. My wife had just talked me into getting, I'm blaming her. <laughs> she had talked me into getting a colored shirt to wear with my suits. I'm white shirt man. But she taught me into color. So I took two colored shirts down there with me, maybe one white shirt, maybe two. I can't remember exactly. Put my colored shirt on, sat down beside this evangelist friend of mine. And I told him, I said, I'm fixing to go before the board and, you know, get talked to about this license deal. And he said, are you going to wear that green shirt? <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. I kind of was feeling a little funny about that. <laughs> He said, you're going to go in front of the board with that colored shirt on? I said, well, on second thought, I don't guess I will. 
So I went, pew, took back, went back, pulled that colored shirt off, put that white shirt on that I had wore the night before. And you know, when you've been in church, you've been in church. And I sweated that shirt. <laughs> I sweated that shirt, but I put that white shirt back on, smelled bad. I didn't care. <laughs> I walked in that, in that boardroom. I had my white shirt on. I had confidence, you know. Amen. But see, the colored shirt is not going to make me more spiritual or less spiritual. But I didn't want to just come and go in there and flaunt my, you know, my coloredness in front of them. Hallelujah. I didn't want them to even think me funny. So I put my white shirt on. Some people don't like colored shirts, and they preach it as conviction instead of a preference. Some people preach against shiny shoes. Amen? All kinds of stuff. So your clothing styles, are, whether they're color, they're, they're shiny or whatever, is not going to make you more spiritual unto God. It's a personal thing. Amen? Hallelujah. There's some things that I just, I wouldn't want to wear in front of you if I had them because I wouldn't feel comfortable in them. Do you understand? It wouldn't mean that I was more spiritual or less spiritual. I just wouldn't feel comfortable in approaching you in those dress. Are you with me so far? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hairstyles. Hairstyles. Biblical principles, Yes. 1 Corinthians 11 says, man cut his hair, women don't cut yours. Biblical, with me? But how I wear my hair doesn't make a bit of difference. If I comb it from the side over, that's fine. If I comb it down the middle, that's fine. If I comb it straight back, that's fine. If I'm bald right here and I need a little help and I got long, a little longer hair right here and I pull it over from the back over to the top, that's fine. If I, if I want to, I might even get it looking like Brother Otto. I kind of like that. Especially when he don't have nothing on there, man. I said, I told him, come here, let me feel that thing, man. So the style, the way you wear it, you know, come on. I've heard preachers preach against poofs on the top of women's hair. You know what poofs are? Pentecostal poofs. You know, the big old stack of hair, they, these, you know. The bangs are kind of poofed up here. Or maybe you go to a church and the preacher says, all the women must wear their hair up in a bun on the top of their head. Never wear it down because only women who were involved in harlotry wore their hair down. Come on, church. It's not, then you're preaching a personal conviction. It doesn't matter if you put it on top of your head and make a bun out of it or you wear it long. Now, listen, I think it's, it's admirable if you put it on the top of your head. I think it looks great. I think it looks good. But so far as a personal conviction to make you more or less spiritual, that doesn't make any difference. In God's eyes, it's the cut, uncut hair that's important to Him. It's not what you do with it. You can curl it, wear it straight, put it on the head, fine. Amen? But listen to me. If you go to a church where the preacher wants it on your head, don't rebel against Him. 
Because you could split a church over that. Come on. You say, well, I'll do it. I don't have a, you know, I don't see where there's a, makes me any more spiritual, but I'll just do it. Amen. Now listen to me. Let me bring it down to you here. In the apostolic movement today, they, you must wear a veil on the top of your head. They won't baptize you in Jesus' name if you do not wear the veil on the head. You know what a veil is? It's a piece of cloth that you put over the top of your head. God says the hair is given for a covering. But they make the veil the covering. Even though you might have long hair, they still say you need the veil too. All right? But the word says hair. But if I went into an apostolic church knowing that they preach that the women must wear the veil, guess what? My wife will wear the veil. She's not going to walk in there in her freedom and flaunt her freedom and say, I don't have to wear a veil and all of you do. Ha, ha, ha. She could split the church over something like that. If I evangelize, I preach in an apostolic church, my wife will wear the veil. I don't want to insult the ministry. Do you understand? But so far as commanding it, it's not commanded in the Word. Amen? I don't know if I'm hitting anything anybody deals with. I'm just trying to give you points here. Technology is another thing that's real shaky. One person says, listen to me, I got a computer, put it in my house about a year or two ago. And I know this friend of mine was pulling my leg, okay? I didn't take him serious because he wasn't serious. But he's a minister friend of mine. He walked in there and he said, man, you got the beast sitting on your desk. You got the devil sitting on your desk. The beast. I said, brother, I sure like it. <laughs> well, listen, the computer is not evil in and of itself. It's what you do with it. Amen. The radio is not evil in and of itself. It's what you do with the radio, the technology. There's been a debate over video forever. Whether you video or no video. Technology isn't evil in and of itself. It's what you do with the video that makes it wrong or right. You can use a video machine for bad things. You can say, I don't have a TV in my house, but use a video and see stuff a lot worse on video than you can see on TV. So it's what you do with the video that makes it an issue. But the technology itself is not a problem. Now, I may differ, you may differ with me on this. But I look at TV the same way. Amen? So I don't stand and preach against the box because it's just a box with wires in it that brings in reception. But it's what you allow to come over the tube that will condemn your soul or not condemn your soul. You with me? I'm not here by myself, am I? Now, if you've got a conviction against TV and that's wrong, then it's wrong for you. Do not put it in your house. You with me? Don't put that in your house and feel condemnation every day because you got a TV there. If you do, get it out of your house. 
Amen? But if you can put one in your house and not feel condemnation about it, because of your background, you know, and you can watch what you watch. I don't have a problem with the machine. But you know how many people would stand up and condemn me for that? I had. Now, come on, man. You know what I think is so funny? Is that when you start talking about things like this, everybody, they get this face like, you know, they don't want anybody to know that they have. And when they get in the presence of somebody else that they don't know if they do or they don't know if they don't, oh, well, I better walk the line real careful on this one. Come on, man, that's a, that's a joke. Hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But listen to me. If I know somebody's got a conviction against it, I'm not going to bring out my home theater and put it in the middle of the floor when they drive up and walk in my house and there it is. If I know they've got a conviction against some technology thing, I'm just going to put it up nice and neatly so they don't, they're not bothered by it. And I'm not being a hypocrite. I'm doing what the Word says. The word says if you're in the presence of somebody that has a conviction about something, you don't show it off and say, you know, I'm free and you're not. Because what they do, they do unto God. If I don't want, if I don't have one in my house, I do it unto God. God's going to bless me for it. If I do have one, you with me? Then I'm not going to, when somebody comes into my house, kind of celebrate it. <laughs> And I'm not being a hypocrite. I respect the other person's convictions. Amen. Amen. Woo. And I'm not going to tell you some things. No, I'm going to have to now. Because now you're going to sit there and wonder, well, what I want. You know, every time I say something, then I, I, I get to thinking, I should have told these people because they're thinking all kinds of crazy things. But you know what? Every once in a while, I watch football on Sunday. Don't shoot me. Don't, don't, don't shoot me. I don't miss church for it. Come on. But I have. Oh, I'm in trouble. One time the Super Bowl happened on, a, and that always happens on Sunday night, and Dallas was playing. No, we didn't get out early because I was pastoring then, <laughs> but not since I've been pastoring. But when I, you know, I actually went to my mom's house and watched a football game on Sunday night. Oh my goodness! You with me? I shouldn't have told you. Now y'all gonna think more or less of me. Are y'all with me tonight? Come on. But the Lord straightened me out on that, you know, and I'm... Uh, no, I don't do that, even, brother. I just... <laughs> I don't know how to record it or I would. <clears throat> Listen to me. We're not going to dismiss church for a football game. We're not going to dismiss for the World Series. We're not going to dismiss for things like that. I've got some convictions there. 
but I did that one time. I, I have to be honest with you, I did that one time, okay? I don't believe it was right, okay? But I did it. Amen? But there's some that dismiss church for it, and there's some that, um, and hey, if they do it unto God, I'm not going to judge them. Do you follow where I am here? Don't stand there and judge me over something like that. You with me? You stay home for other reasons. Come on and justify it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm, I hope I'm not bothering anybody here. Somebody came up to me the other day a while back and said, I'm not going to, we're not watching football on Sunday anymore. I'm putting the lady down on my family. And next week I heard them, they said, well, we watched the football game. I said, well, I wonder what happened when you changed your mind or what, man. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Some of us just have hangups. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get this tape and I'm going to burn it. Because I don't want anybody to hear what I just told you. Amen. <clears throat> electric guitars. Nothing wrong with electric guitars. What you do with the guitar, that's bad. Amen. Okay, so praise God. <clears throat> it's all on record now. Thank you, Jesus. Let me keep reading. For to this end Christ both died, rose, and revived, that he might be Lord both the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now listen to me. The people that stand up and preach against some things have them in their homes on the lake. They'll stand and preach against TV, and they don't have one in their house, but they got somewhere when they go on vacation, and they watch it. You with me now? That's not right. Come on, just come clean, admit it, and let's go on. These are non-moral question things. Amen? He said, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand for the judgment seat of Christ. You see the division there over non-moral things? There can be divisions in the church over these little bitty issues. Why? God doesn't want that. Amen. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. I'm going to give an account. You're going to give an account unto God. Again, we're not talking about moral commandment or moral principle. We're talking about questions of conscience. Thank you, Jesus. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this brother that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Now, that's why you have to be careful. Because in the area of conscience, some people's conscience will be bothered by your freedom. Because they don't feel that they can do that without feeling condemned. So if, you, if you're free, if you feel okay about it and you do it, it could cause your brother or sister to stumble. 
Amen. You don't want to do that. There was a young lady that came to our church. We were going to watch videos on the image of the beast, distant thunder, and the, anyway, that video series. She came into the church. She has some heavy, strong convictions against that. Against video, period. And the fact that we were going to show a movie show in the church, that's blasphemy against God. Do you understand? You think what I'm telling you are little issues that we laugh about, but I'm telling you, in some people's lives, they are heavy and they are major. To them, it's heaven and hell. And this particular person said, ah, and then she never came back. You know why she felt that way? Because the church that she went to preached like that to her. And when she came, even though it was going to be used for a good reason, she couldn't see past that. It's just a video. Amen? Now that's rough, isn't it? That made me angry. Not at her, but at the, reason, at the fact that she was made to feel that way. Amen? So then the Bible says, not to judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion fall in the brother's way. If you, if you don't want to come on video night, videos, we show videos, don't come. If you've got a conviction against it, okay? We receive that. He says this, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Even if it's, un, if it's okay, if you look at it wrong, it's wrong for you. Amen? But it doesn't mean that it's wrong for the person sitting next to you. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on in this stuff. Look at what it says. It's not unclean of itself. Some people say, well, can I wear a, can, can my husband give me a wedding ring when we get married? You know, we, we, you preach against the jewel, wearing all that jewelry and stuff. We don't, you know, that's, we don't feel that to be modest. But what about a ring for a wedding? If it serves a purpose, then it's not a, a wrong thing. You with me? God's Word uses that as an example. That jewelry can be used and serve a purpose. But if you've got a conviction against a wedding ring, my wife doesn't wear one. It's not because it makes us more spiritual. It's just we didn't feel right about that. Are you with me today? But if you do, that's okay. I'm not going to judge you for that. Had a lady walk up in my church. Listen to me. She pulled out. She just got married. She had a big old, her husband bought a big old rock for her. She said, brother, do you have a problem with this? I said, no, I don't. I left that church, that pastorate. Another man went in there. He preached against everything. I mean everything. Everything. You with me? Preached against playing miniature golf. Preached against bowling. Preached against everything. So when I went back after his pastorate, she had pulled the ring off. I said, where's your ring? She said, I pulled it off because this, the minister that was there preached against it. I said, you did the right thing. 
Amen? Because he was your pastor and you respected his convictions. You did the right thing. But now that I'm here, you're not going to sin if you put it back on your finger. And she came to church with it on. Are you with me? Man. You're looking at somebody that's done their very best to try to preach just the Bible and not to add things to it. Because then you get into Phariseeism, which Jesus condemned. Amen? Okay. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. How can you sit there and eat that meat, you know, that's offered to idols, and you know your weak brother has a conviction against it, and you know it's going to make him have a problem, you know, in his spiritual walk, and he may stumble in his walk with Christ? Well, don't show off your freedom. Restrain yourself in the presence of the weaker person. Mm, glory to God. Anybody here? How many of y'all going to leave me after I get through preaching this message saying I'm too liberal? <laughs> Amen? That's okay. I've had them say it about me. Okay? So it doesn't make any difference. I've had churches in Odessa. They say, well, this, you know, this, that, and other about him. He's liberal, and that's why he's got people coming to his church. Baloney. Amen? I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Praise the Lord. Mm, and it hurts, man. That hurts. It feels like a knife being put inside of you when they say that about you. Amen. We're talking about non-moral question things here today. That's where you have to leave them. The Bible then says, Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He's saying that if you eat the meat, it's not going to make you more spiritual. If you don't eat the meat, it doesn't make you any more spiritual. Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the, even listen to me. If your holiness standards become legalism, then you are wrong. If you try because of the length of your dress or the length of your hair, think you're better than somebody that's been blood-bought and, and washed in the blood and filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. You think yourself better because of what you understand now and they're brand new in the Lord than you are a legalist Pharisee. Because even your biblical standards that are found in the Word of God, Galatians, Paul preached angrily at that church and said who has bewitched you because they were being swept up in Judaism and they were doing what they were doing in order to save themselves amen so if our holiness standard is to save ourselves we are wrong in the eyes of God and it must be preached against listen but if you do what you do unto God because you're obeying His Word and because you are saved, then there's a difference with that. Amen? We do what we do because we are His people, not because we're trying to get there. I honor my wife. I'm faithful to my wife. I do things for my wife because I am married, not because I'm trying to get married. 
Come on. Hmm. Anybody here? Verse 18, for he that is in these things serveth Christ, he is acceptable God, approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroys not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but, if, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. If you do something that God hasn't even condemned, but it brings condemnation to you, then don't do it, he said. Hallelujah. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended for is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. It doesn't matter what it is. If God tells you it's not right for you or good for you, listen to me. If God tells you a certain kind of food, by the Holy Ghost tells you don't eat that food, and then you eat that food, and you might get sick because you ate that food. It doesn't make you any more spiritual because you don't eat that kind of food, and the other person does. It's because the Holy Ghost said don't eat it because it's bad for you. You understand what I'm saying? I know you do. Amen. He says, Happy is that man who condemneth not himself in the thing that he allows. You walk in freedom and liberty, and you do things, you're going to be happy if you don't always condemn yourself for everything. Amen. You can walk and live a life of misery before God. Every day is you're just miserable. You hate life. You hate living for God. You hate going to church. You're just miserable because you don't think that you can enjoy life or anything in life because it's all evil. It's all bad. That's a bunch of hogwash. Praise the Lord. I refuse to live life walking in condemnation over things that God hasn't condemned in His Word. Anybody here? I'm going to enjoy, I want, listen, I battle because of my background. I battle every day with legalism. You with me? Keeping myself from crossing the line and saying, God, aren't you happy with me? And I'm saved because of the way I look and the way I live and all of that. The things I don't do and the things I do do. Come on, church. Now, if I'm violating a biblical principle and a commandment in the Word, then condemnation will come. But I mean, let me put it this way. Not condemnation, but conviction will come. Convict the Holy Ghost will convict you when you do something that's wrong. And you know that you're supposed to do something and you're not doing it. God's going to convict you for it. Amen. Hmm. Verse 23. And he that doubteth is condemned. It says damned there, but it means condemned or judged. If he because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. 
even if it's not wrong in and of itself and you do it and you feel conviction against it or condemned about it and you do it, it's sin to you. That's right. Hallelujah. Okay. Does anybody have any questions? So what am I supposed to do about it then? I'm supposed to receive one another. Receive you one another. <laughs> Amen. On non-moral issue things, receive you one another. Personal conviction things, receive you one another. Don't let the strong look at the weak and, and look down on them because of their weakness. And don't let the weak look at the strong and say, oh my, they can do that. They must be going to hell. They must not even be Christians. That's legalistic condemnation. Receive you one another. Amen. Respect convictions of other people. I do. When I'm in the presence of other people who have convictions that I don't, I respect them. I don't, and I don't brag about them. In fact, I keep a lot of things secret. Amen. They're not sinful things. They're just questions conscience things amen now let me let me just, I'm going to close and then I'll answer your questions but you know what you sit down you eat that piece of meat that was offered to an idol you know what you're better off if you don't ask any questions don't ask where'd that come from just sit down, thank God for it, and eat the thing. Are you with me today? Because when you start questioning it, you could begin to violate your conviction and your conscience about some things and then feel condemned about it and walk out in defeat. Amen? Anything that will defeat you and pull you down, even though it may not be a sin, could be a weight to you. God says even get rid of weights if they're slowing your walk down. Hallelujah. Come on. There's some things I won't do, not because they're sin, right or wrong. They're just a weight to me. They're going to slow me down in my walk with God. They're going to maybe take, you know, not everything, but maybe some things I have to draw a line and say, that's going to take too much of my time. Amen. You know, y'all with me? And the Lord, the Holy Spirit is in you to lead you and guide you in, this, in these areas. You don't need some policeman legislator over you watching over your personal, uh, non-moral question, conscious things. The Holy Spirit is in you to lead and guide you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Don't mind if I share one more example with you since it's coming to me? You do mind, Brother Bobby? few years ago for I felt the Lord I felt the Lord call me in the ministry a few years ago and I was really heavily in, involved in bodybuilding and weightlifting I loved it I lived for it now there's nothing wrong with working out exercise brother I was laugh, looking at me laughing at me now hey don't let him say nothing oh, I held that guy in an arm wrestling match the other night man couple us listen to him brother Robert you were there how long did I hold him a long time didn't I he had a rough time pulling this, this arm down. I had mercy on him. <laughs> yeah, he was like. Pow. So quit laughing at me, Brother Otto. 
Amen. But there was nothing wrong with working out. Amen. I know exercise, but I was really into it. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're putting too much time in this because I've called you to a work. And I want you to spend time in study and preparation for the ministry. So you know what I did? It wasn't easy. But I said, okay, God, I'm giving it up. And I walked out of there. I told the guy, you know, he was all excited. He wanted me to do this, this, that, and that. I walked out of there. I said, I can't do it because I, I feel God's called to do this. Nothing wrong with it, you know. But the Holy Spirit is convicting me about it. Amen. So there's things like that in your life that God may talk to you about. And say, you're just a little bit too much focused on this because I want you to be focused on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now listen to me. Now, you know what? I feel like I could go join a club and start pumping iron again, man. God have a bodybuilding preacher. Hallelujah. And there wouldn't probably be, God will thank God will condemn you about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Paul, what are you laughing about, man? Hallelujah. But that's what we're talking about. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you in those areas, okay? Nobody can tell you what to do in some areas of your life. And that's what God give you liberty to make decisions in your life. Praise the Lord.